Welcome to New Grad 101, the essential podcast for new ISU graduates. I'm your host, Chelsea Trowbridge, Director of Special Events and Merchandise at the Alumni Association. I work with Young Alumni Programming and will be bringing in special guests and experts to help you navigate the ins and outs of this exciting new chapter of your life. Congratulations on earning your degree and stepping into the real world. Adulting and being an engaged alum can be challenging, but fear not, we've got you covered. Each month you'll receive an email and a link to the podcast where we'll dive into practical tips, expert advice, and personal stories to equip you with the tools you need to succeed. From managing your finances and finding your dream career to maintaining a healthy work-life balance and nurturing meaningful relationships, we'll explore it all. Today I'm here with Barb Wallen, ISU Extension Human Sciences Specialist in Family Wellbeing. We understand that each of you is embarking on this financial adventure with unique circumstances. Some of you might have already secured your dream job while others are freelancing or exploring multiple opportunities. Your income, benefits, and family situations all play a pivotal role in shaping your financial landscape. Together, we'll uncover the art of creating a tailored spending plan that aligns with your aspirations and values. Life after college isn't just about surviving, it's about thriving, and your adventure in mastering personal finance begins now. Barb, thank you so much for being here with me this afternoon and sharing some of the financial tips and information this group needs to know. Can you give us a quick background about who you are and what you do? Sure. I, as you said, am with ISU Extension and Outreach. Um, And in case you're not familiar with Extension, we are the outreach arm of the university, and Extension exists in all 50 states as well. Our job is to take research-based information from not just ISU, but world-class research universities all over the world, and identify the pieces that are useful that would help make people's lives better, or make their farms run more smoothly, or make their community stronger, and bring that information to the people in practical form. So here in Iowa, we have an extension office in every single county. One county has two. And um, we, we have staff. I particularly serve a nine-county area. Um, and there is a team of three people from the College of Human Sciences that ter- that serve that nine-county area. Um, and we provide programming mostly for adults, but of course Extension also does youth work mainly through the 4-H program. At any rate, my role is to uh, bring information to the people in those nine counties by delivering workshops, uh, by doing things like this, uh, by uh, writing news articles, um, by bringing information into workplaces or anywhere else where we can reach people. That's awesome. Okay, question off off the cuff, off the list. How long has Extension been around? Extension celebrated its 100th anniversary in Iowa in, I think it was 2003, 4, or 5. Okay. The thing long is, time. Extension was invented in Iowa. Ooh. We were the first ones who got the idea, and it was ag-related. It had to do with, I think, corn hybrids, or at least it had to do with ag. Yeah. And they took information on a train. They took professors on a train up to northwest Iowa so that the farmers up there could hear for themselves wow. what was new, why it worked, why they should try it. And uh, the federal extension law was passed in, I believe, twenty, I mean, 1914. Um, so I think that's right. It, it, nationally, Extension is also over 100 years yeah, old now. That's cool. I did not know that, so yeah. I'm glad that I asked. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into it. Is there a first step you recommend for just about everyone? 
Well, and, and we're talking here to new graduates, and anytime someone's in a new situation where their life has changed and they don't really know what to expect, the first real step is to try and get a realistic picture of what your finances look like. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to frame out, and honestly, most people are gonna do better by doing this in writing or okay. on a spreadsheet rather yep. than trying to do it in their head, at least at first. Um, get, a, get a good, clear picture of what your income is, take-home income, and then really take a look at what all your bills are, what you're required to pay, and then what your expenses are uh, beyond those bills. Um, and kind of set that up in a way so that you know what you can expect to have go in and go out each, each month. Um, and we do generally talk about uh, a spending plan like that, and, and that's what we're talking about, is making a spending plan. We do usually talk about that in terms of a month because most of our bills come monthly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there's some ways to vary that too, and we'll come to those. <laughs> um, the income piece is easy for some people and hard for others. Mm -hmm. Super easy for me. I'm salaried and my paycheck comes once a monthly, month. Yep. A monthly, a monthly budget works perfect for me. Some people get paid weekly. Mm -hmm. Some people have uh, um, income that varies depending on how many hours they worked or overtime or other mm -hmm. things. So if income is a little less clearly predictable for you, we encourage you to make your monthly plan um, based on a conservative average of what mm -hmm. you think yeah. it should be. And even though some months have more than four weeks in them, we generally encourage people to start by planning for four weeks okay. in a month. And then, um, so if you've made a core spending plan based on what you're pretty confident you can count on for income, and you figured out, okay, if I just get that base income, this is how I'm gonna spend my money. Then you can have a plan on the side so that if this is a five-week month, a five-paycheck month, or if I have overtime, or if I do some work on the side and get extra money, these are the most important things here. Off on the side, I have a plan for what I'm going to do with that extra money. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So the income side, some people will not need to take much time with that at all, but others will. And, and you know, you're working to make it realistic. Also keep in mind, though, that your first spending plan, it's going to change. I mean, a spending plan is always a working document. So if you don't get it quite right at first, that's okay. You fix it. It's your plan. You can change it. It's not this edict from above that says you have to do things this way. Definitely. I always think I'm going to spend less on groceries than I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's part of the realistic thing. Yeah. Um, and when you're, when you're in a new situation, you may not really know what's what it's going to cost mm -hmm. um, especially for those flexible expenses which leads me to uh, fixed versus flexible expenses that those are the two core categories that people think about fixed expenses are not necessities fixed expenses are any expense that is the same or very close to the same every month so mm -hmm. it's your rent it's your car payment um, most people, their utility payment is a fixed expense. It yep. might vary some, but also it's probably on a budget plan or a, a streamlined, easy level pay plan. Um, and so it's pretty close to the same every month, usually. So those are your fixed expenses. But for some people, 
fixed expenses include, you know, my cable subscription or yep. all my streaming. all my streaming subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And a fixed it means somebody who gets a manicure every month could could consider a manicure one of their fixed expenses. Sure. Now they could wipe it out. They could eliminate it if they decided they weren't going to choose to do that anymore. But if for them as it stands now, it's a fixed it expense. Be. Yeah. So fixed and flexible are not the same as necessities versus luxuries. Good call out. Fixed are those that they're not fixed written in stone. They can be changed, but they're harder to change. Yeah. To change your rent, you have to move mm-hmm. <laughs> or get a roommate, one yeah. or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then flexible expenses are all those other regular monthly expenses. And groceries yeah. are a certain, are, you know, certainly a big component of that for people. And um, gas and, and yeah. you know, recreation, all of those things. Now, when it comes to groceries and gas, there's a certain minimum that we have to spend in order to survive. So some people might choose to think about, you know, or they might choose to identify, I have to have at least this much for groceries every month Mm -hmm. because it's unrealistic for me to expect to live unless unless you get to go to mom's house a lot or unless unless uh you have a big garden or something but for, for you know there is a certain minimum but then above that minimum you have a lot of choice in what you're going to spend in some of those categories and those are the categories where it's easy to lose track yes like you said you sometimes underestimate how much you're going to spend Yes, because. oh, a little extra snack here, or oh, I don't want this for dinner that I planned for. Uh-huh. I'm going to the grocery store and get something different. Uh-huh. So or I'm going to drive through, or drive through, which doesn't increase my grocery bill, but does increase my o- overall foods, food yes. food expenses. Yeah. yeah, and ice cream's on sale this week, yeah. so I've got to buy more. Sales right. get you. You're like, oh, let me save money right now, but maybe you don't need it right now. And, and that doesn't mean that... If it's on sale and you decide to stock up, that that's a bad idea. Yeah. You just have to make sure it fits within Correct. your overall spending. Yeah. And be aware that that's what you're doing. And then remember to use the stuff that you stocked up yes. on rather than letting it sit in the freezer for two years till you have to throw it away. Yep. Um, Okay, so those are fixed and flexible. We can usually, most of us, get a pretty good handle on those. But sometimes it helps to look back at your, say, your bank statements. If you swipe your debit card at the grocery store, you can Mm -hmm. look back at your bank statements and see how much you spent last month. And that can help you with realistic planning for a new month. Now, there's another kind of expense that often causes people problems, but... uh, And then it shouldn't. The thing is, it shouldn't cause us problems. Mm -hmm. These are expenses where we know they're coming, but they don't come every month. So they aren't part of our monthly plan. We call these expenses periodic expenses. And um, I'm going to let you, Chelsea, since you're here and I'm doing all the talking, what what do you think are some of those expenses? Yeah, okay, so I would consider my my car registration a periodic expense. My... I was going to say my insurance, but that's monthly. Um, summer daycare for my kid oh. who's in school. Yes. Huge summer daycare is a big one. Yep. Um, those are the two off the top of my head I can think mm-hmm. of right now. And then do you spend during holidays? Yes. Yep. Gift giving or birthdays. Right. And then back to school. You have a school aged child. So I there's do. extra expenses back to school. I have pets and I'm about to come up on one of my dog's 
like plethora of vaccinations. Right. So right. that's coming up yep. in October. And then for some people, my car insurance is six months. You know, yours is monthly, but mine is every six months. Um, for people who have their houses paid off, then their home insurance is once a year. Big oh, bill, yes. once a year. Oh, gosh. And property taxes. Yeah. So um, there's a range of them, and everybody will be able to identify what, what those are for themselves. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I've had people say to me, everything was fine until it was the holidays. Yeah. Well, you know, if you weren't ready for the holidays, then everything wasn't fine. Sure. And it's hard to admit that, but, but sometimes we have to face reality and recognize that we aren't as in control of our money as we should be. Mm -hmm. And when we find ourselves with one of those predictable expenses that we know we should have been ready for, but we weren't, then that's where we can be reminded to stop and take another look. Mm -hmm. um, and it's always a lot of stress and drama to get through all that. Either you have to go find somebody you can borrow the money from, or more likely you put all your groceries on a credit card and then mm -hmm. you have to pay that off but that's what you did in order to get the um, to get the big bill paid, whatever yeah. it was. So, being ready for periodic expenses is a big step in facing independent financial yeah. life. And there's ways to do it. You know, there's informal ways where people say they just look ahead and say oh, next month's going to be a bad month. I've got a couple big bills, so I'm going to stock up on all my non-perishable groceries this month. I mean, people can do informal yeah. things like that. Okay. They can get due dates changed sure. so that I don't have so many bills coming due in the same month. Mm -hmm. But there's also a really systematic way to do it as well, and that is to make a list, or you can make a chart, um, but just list for each month what are all those periodic or occasional expenses that come up? Who has birthdays, you know, which insurance or subscriptions mm -hmm. or memberships are due that month? And to then make that whole list for the whole year and add them up. And for easy math, let's just say that it added up to $1,200, which is a pretty low number, but it, just suppose $1,200 and you consider that's for 12 months, then that's an average of $100 a month. Logical conclusion then is to be ready for those, all I have to do is save $100 a month. Yeah. And that's great. And once you get started with a system like that, mm -hmm. it's heaven. Because, yeah. you know, say July is your bad month, and, and after doing that system, you get to July, and instead of all the big drama and stress and late fees and credit card overuse, instead you just transfer the money and pay the bill and go on with your life. Oh, that's heaven. And it's easy to, it's easy to get to stick with that once you've gotten started. Mm -hmm. It can be tricky to get started. Yeah. Because, again, say July is your bad month, maybe you'll start in May. Yeah. <laughs> and if and you start in May it. saving $100 a month, but in July you've got $400 or $500 of bills due, well, you won't have enough yet. Yeah. So the starting point can be kind of rocky. Mm -hmm. And you sort of have to feel your way through that. I, I love talking about this subject when it's tax return time. Sure. Because it's really wonderful to use your tax refund mm -hmm. as seed money. 
for yeah. periodic expense fund. So you have this special savings fund, but if if you can start, and if your amount is say $100 a month, if you can start by putting away maybe three months worth, mm-hmm. That'll usually be enough, unless the timing's really bad. But someplace between three and five months worth as seed money. And then you start that cycle of just adding to that fund every month and only taking money out when one of those bills is due. And it becomes a piece of cake. So that's something really to work towards. Um, Whether you do it systematically or unsystematically, when you can get to the point where those periodic expenses come up and it doesn't cause you any stress or drama, then you can know you've arrived. Yeah, something that I like to do is set auto transfers. So I have my paycheck obviously come into one account and then I have an auto transfer for what I'm trying to save that Mm -hmm. month and it just goes out for me. So I don't even have to remember to do it. It's set up to do it infinitely yeah um and that's been really helpful research has shown that saving automating our savings goals is a one of the best ways to do it it's one of the reasons we make we succeed in retirement planning is because that happens automatically Mm -hmm. um and the same thing with our regular saving as well which that's a topic for another time uh retirement saving which we talked about we will talk about that because yes start with as soon as you can it's so hard to do it when you first like mm-hmm. get a job but but once we'll, once you've started you've gotten used to it and it becomes not really a big deal yes we'll tackle that that later another day sure. you yep. bet um so let's see we've we've talked about fixed flexible and periodic expenses yep. um we also need to keep in mind that saving Mm-hmm. Un- unless your budget is so tight that you can't afford anything besides basic food, shelter, and survival, you should be saving something. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you have debt to pay off, it's worth paying off debt because you're paying interest on that mm-hmm. debt, and you're paying yeah. more interest on that debt than you would earn if you were, when you put it in savings. But the problem is that if you don't have at least some savings, Every little thing that happens, you know, your child, your child loses their shoes and you mm-hmm. have to buy new shoes and it's a hundred bucks. That becomes a catastrophe. Yeah. So getting at least some money into savings keeps you out of that catast- catastrophic cycle. Yep. Um, so we encourage, even if it's 10 or 20 bucks a month, start saving Partly to build the habit, but partly to have some kind of cushion. Mm -hmm. And ideally, you know, you can increase that amount over time. And chances are you will. Um, The once you've made a plan, you've sort of written out or typed into a spreadsheet what you're expecting to spend. um, Of course, it has to balance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your income (laughs) has to be more than your spending. Or actually, ideally, your income and your spending are exactly equal because your your spending includes savings. Yes, so you're budgeting to zero, right? Right, Right. Um, although some people don't budget to zero and they just have, you know, there's extra money there for something. Sure. I'm going to stop for an ice cream cone. You do those kinds of things. Yep, yeah. Also, another tip, um, and this is not on our in our plan here, Chelsea, but another tip for handling some of those, I want to stop for an ice cream cone Mm -hmm. or I'd really like that magazine, is to give yourself an allowance every month. And give yourself an allowance and give it to yourself in cash 
And then when you've got that cash, you can spend it on whatever you want. And nobody's, yeah. you have nobody, including yourself, to apologize to. Mm-hmm. And once it's gone, it's gone. And if it's yeah. cash, you can see when it's gone. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's very helpful. Absolutely. At any rate, anytime you decide to, to spend more on something, there needs to be a trade-off. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to spend more in one area, then it, it, once you've looked at it clearly, you can see that, okay, if I really want to, if I really want to go out with my friends every Friday, I'm going to have to cut back somewhere else. Yeah. And that way you get to be in control mm-hmm. and you get to decide. And maybe you'll decide that, you know what, I'm going to take one Friday a month off. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I'll just veg at home, I'll have a nice time, and that'll give me 30 or 50 or whatever extra yeah. dollars a month to do something else with, mm-hmm. like save maybe. Yep. Um, one other thing is the the whole income question, people who get paid once a week mm-hmm. or every two weeks. Generally, we make our plans for a month, but if you get paid every week and it becomes a real challenge... Because cause your weekly paycheck won't be enough to pay all the bills that are due the first of the month. Sure. Sometimes it's worthwhile to make a weekly plan, a plan mm-hmm. for every paycheck. So, Or if you're paid biweekly, then a plan for yeah. every paycheck. And um, always make sure, though, that you're working at least five or six weeks out. So mm-hmm. you're always working to be ready for next the month's next. rent and cycle of bills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have always felt like creating a budget and sticking to it has helped me feel empowered with my spending. Awesome. Um, That's the goal. I'm certainly not an expert, but um, I love that you refer to it as a spending plan versus a budget because budget feels so restricting. Whereas spending plan is like, I, I, I'm spending money. Obviously you have to spend money to live. And so it just, for me, it felt way more empowering to think of it that way. Awesome. Um, so I love that you called it that. Mm-hmm. When, when you call it a budget, it's kind of like, if you think back to I Love Lucy, it's kind of like listening to Desi say to Lucy, Lucy, I'm putting you on yeah. a budget. Yeah, right? It feels <laughs> bad. imposed Instead on you. Instead of, like you said, if it's you yours. give yourself that cash allowance, you get to spend it however you want mm-hmm. because you've said this is for whatever I want, mm-hmm. and then that, feel, that feels good. You feel good. free. Yeah. And the spending plan is yours. It's not an edict from above. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So, okay, now that we've created a spending plan, which we plan to send out um, some samples and some guides to help you do that on paper, um, after you listen to this, you'll get those. Um, but what's, and you've adjusted it to be realistic. Right. What's next? Uh, if only that was all it took. Uh, you can write the most perfect spending plan, but if you don't follow it, it will have been a complete waste of time. Yeah. So the idea of trying to stay within that spending plan. Mm-hmm. That's challenging. The most surefire way to make that happen is to really keep track of your spending. And again, you can do it using an app. Mm -hmm. You can do it using a a spreadsheet. You can do it through a variety of ways. But if you keep track of everything you spend, even if you just do everything for one month, um, that will give you a pretty good picture. After a month or two of keeping track of everything, you may say, you know what, most of this goes really smooth. The only, there's only two or three categories I need to really mm-hmm. concentrate on. And th- then, you know, then it can all kind of fall together as long as you're watching those two or three categories. Yeah. Um, but, you know, staying within those limits, like we said, when you make your plan, 
if you spend more one place, you've got to make up for it somewhere yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've made your plan and you're going through your life and you're not following it and you spend more one place, but keep on spending the same as you planned everywhere else, what that means is you're dipping into savings or you're building up credit card debt or some other kind of debt. Yeah. And that's not going to get you ahead. So the whole point about setting those limits, and you're the one who set those limits, the whole point about setting those limits is so that you do stick to them, so that you can reach your goals, so Mm -hmm. that you can have the life you wanted to have when you made the plan. Also, though, if you've made a plan and you discovered you really didn't plan enough for groceries, you know? To be realistic for my family, it needs more groceries than than I thought. Then you change the plan. Mm But then you're conscious about adapting the plan um, and choosing where you're going to spend less so that you still balance out in your larger plan. Yeah. So following is easier said than done, uh, (laughs) but it is an important, important um, aspect. And whether you follow it to the penny or not, eh, not a big deal. But um, keeping yourself in a reasonable range so that each month your savings is going up and your debt is going down instead of the other way around Mm -hmm. that's that's what we want to shoot for yeah so like would you suggest checking in i guess it probably depends on how your spending plan is created whether you've created it for a weekly paycheck or a bi-weekly or or monthly Mm -hmm. um maybe checking in once a week or middle of the month to see kind of where you're at and where you need to adjust yeah, I would say um, checking in weekly for most people, even if it's a monthly plan. Yeah. If I said I'm going to spend three hundred dollars this month on groceries, and I get a week in and I've already spent already spent one hundred twenty out of my three hundred for a month, I mean, checking in weekly can yeah. be really good. That way, you're not fussing over it every single day, but you are keeping tabs on it. For couples, it can be a little trickier, too, um, Mm -hmm. because maybe in a couple there's one person who's more on top of this than the other, Um, or more, just more skilled at it. Sure. Um, Or someone who spends most of the money. (laughs) Well, right. They're in charge of the family finances. So um, being the one who spends most of the money doesn't mean you're a spendthrift. It just means you're the one who takes charge of this. Couples do that all the time. Mm -hmm. They divide and conquer. Everybody has better skills. At any rate, um, most couples will need to figure out some way where the non or less active spouse is, or partner, um, is feeding into the tracking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the simple things to do would be just to agree that every day you empty your pockets or your purse or your billfold of all the receipts. Sure. And at the end of the day, if you think oh but i never got i didn't keep the receipt from mcdonald's or i didn't keep i didn't get a receipt here um even if you didn't get a receipt if you can jot down and you say well i know it was about eight dollars i know it was about 32 dollars for gas or about 30. um at least you put something down and you just have a place where you put those then the partner who is paying attention can can have that information and and make sure we're on track Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so it's a bit of work really mm-hmm. you know it's not just something that you can do without effort yeah the idea of being on top of your weekly monthly spending but it pays off yeah because you are 
first of all, you feel, like you said, empowered. Mm -hmm. You feel good about yourself. Like, I'm in control. I'm moving towards what I want to do. And also then, when it does come time to make a purchase that's maybe a little larger than normal, you've built that into your plan, and so you feel confident. You don't feel terrified making that purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, It certainly helps you get ahead. It it avoids getting into debt that you didn't plan to get into, Mm -hmm. and it avoids dipping into savings, except when you plan to. Mm -hmm. You have a much better chance of reaching your goals, or at least getting closer to your goals. And you'll usually spend less money. Um, because you're being a little more thoughtful yeah. about your money. Even that allowance money, you're saying, well, I only have this much for the month. I'm not going to buy that coffee today because mm-hmm. I want to save my allowance money for something more fun later. Yeah.